Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Have you ever experienced something like saw something that looked so out of place and you ask your question, how in the world did that get there? How did that get there? Anybody ever experienced a moment like that? You're like, how did that get there? Well, I got some pictures for you that I saw this week and I'm like, how did that get there? And so here's one of them right here. You can see that dog on that. <laughs> how in the world did that dog get there, right? Another one that I saw this week was this and I'm thinking, Wow, is that in the hurricane or something? How did that car get there? But the next one that I'm going to show you had to be a grandparent moment. Since we're uh, celebrating grandparents today, so I know this had to be a grandparent. How did he get there? (laughs) How did he get there? That's what a grandparent would do. Like, come on, I'm going to show you, honey. This is how you do it, right? And that's exactly how they would do it. And so we read the Scripture, and as we read the Scripture... We understand that, uh, you know, like I encourage you to read the Bible through, and, and I'm reading it through just about every year. And I've, I was reading it through this year, and I got to First uh, Chronicles, and I was reading it. And, and if you've never read that portion of the Bible, it's the Old Testament, it is really boring. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> A pastor's not supposed to say that, is he? But it is. And why? The reason that it is is because it's nothing but a list of names where they, they just start naming, naming off the genealogy of all the kings of Israel. And so I'll be honest, transparent with you. I just whip out my phone, turn out the YouTube version Bible and let them read those names to me because I can't pronounce them anyways. And so they're reading it. But, but all of a sudden what got my attention this year is that as I was reading that, I come up to verse number 9 of 1 Chronicles 4 and chapter 10, and all of a sudden I had one of those moments like, how did that get there? And it was, it was, what struck me was what was called, what is called the prayer of Jabez. That prayer happened right there. All of a sudden, all these names, and then bam, it stops. And then, then all of a sudden we got this title, says, uh, it says this, it says, Jabez's uh, mother named him uh, Jabez because she was having a lot of pain and then it shows the prayer that Jabez grew up praying and it's this prayer that I want to read to you now. Look what it says. It says this, and Jabez called to the God of Israel saying, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Would you read this last line with me? Let's read it together. Ready? So God granted him what he requested. God answered that prayer. God answered that prayer. Now, what what struck me was this, is that this prayer was so powerful that God stopped the writers that was writing the Bible, stopped them right there because God was instructing them to write down the, the genealogy of all these kings, and he stopped them because this event was so significant. The prayer of Jabez did not just, was not just a prayer that Jabez prayed, but I believe it was a prayer that all of a sudden the nation of Israel began to pray. It affected them so much that God stopped that, and only for two verses they wrote it down, and then they continued on listing out all the people in the genealogy. It was powerful. 
See, Jabez, a lot of those kings were noted for what they had done and what they had accomplished. They were noted for winning wars, and they were noted for, you know, restructuring the country. But Jabez was not a king. But what he was noted for was this. He was noted for his prayer. What a, what a wonderful thing, right? What a wonderful, wonderful thing to be noted, not for what you've done, but for what you prayed. And that's what he was noted for, what he prayed. And today... I want to share with you the first line of that prayer. We're going to say it over and over today. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to break this prayer down. And I believe that God is going to do some amazing things for you in your life. So it's coming up on the screen. Let's say the first line together. You ready? Let's say it. Oh, that she would bless me indeed. Say that one more time. Oh, that she would bless me indeed. He was praying that to God. Now, I want to talk to you about how to pray a prayer blessing. You know, I want God to bless me. Do you want God to bless you? Do yeah. you, you want God to bless your family? Do yeah. you want God to bless your church? Yeah. Then we have to know how to pray the prayer of blessing. And so I want to give you three things today that I believe are going to help you do that. And I would like to go ahead with number one. If you would write this down, it says this. Never let a negative name define you. Never let a negative name define you. I have to tell you, the reason I say that is because the story of Jabez opens up with one to where his mother is having him, and his mother has named him pain. That's what Jabez means. It means pain. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've been called a pain before. <laughs> I know none of you have, of course, but I have. I've been called in a, a pain in the beep beep, and maybe you have. But I was only called that. I was not named that. Jabez was named that. Every time that someone spoke his name, it referred to pain. I mean, it reminded him that he's a pain, that, that bad things are coming. Now, his mother named her this, and she could have been going through, it could have been the, not just the pain of childbirth, I don't believe. It was a bad childbirth, maybe. But it was, maybe, the father probably was absent because the mother usually doesn't name the child in the biblical uh, era. The father does, and he didn't name him. Or it could have been a financial hardship. They could, have been hard, it could, they could have been homeless. I don't know. But it was so bad that she said, okay, and in the middle of childbirth, she said, you know what? I'm naming this baby. He's going to be pain because I've had nothing but pain. That's what he's going to be named. And so the, all of his life, you can imagine, he grew up with that name. And everybody that, when they would say Jabez, they were saying pain. That's what it translates into is that they were, they were saying that he was isolated. That, in other words, he was unlucky. He was a jinx. That they didn't want to be around him. Could you imagine going to middle school with the name Payne? Could you imagine that? It would have been very, very difficult. And so I want to share with you today that as Jabez named, it, he did not let his name define him. And the reason I bring that out is because many of you sitting here today have let a nickname define you. Now, we know that when you were maybe in middle school, you were given a nickname. And some of you wore that nickname very proudly even though it represented something bad in your life. But now you're trying to get away from that nickname. And now you're trying to say, oh, no, you know, I don't, don't be calling me that, right? I'm married now. Don't call me that, <laughs> right? Or, or I don't want to go back to jail. Don't call me that, right? And so you're trying, you're trying to get away from that. Even though maybe it wasn't a nickname, people referred to you as something, and they put a label on you. And it could have been, you know, like it could have been like you druggy. Or it could have been a label of you fearful person. It could have been a label of you angry person. It could have been all of that. I don't know, but you know. 
And what I want to tell you today is that we've been talking about this a lot the last couple of weeks, is that we have to move past our past. And we have to let go of the labels. See, people call us a label, but we have a little tape recorder in our mind that plays that label every time we start to try to go up and do better in God. It start, plays it over again. It reminds us. And so I have a passage. I want to sh- uh, share this with you. As I read a story by the guy by the name of Norman Vincent Peale, who, uh, who was, said he was walking through Hong Kong one day and uh, through the little twisted streets and the alleys, and he noticed he come upon a tattoo parlor. And as he came up on the tattoo parlor, he noticed all the tattoos in the, in the window, but one of them said, it was like this, it said, what's coming up on the screen right now? It said, born to lose. Born to lose. He said, I, I couldn't believe that anybody would have that tattooed on their body. So he went into the, to the parlor, he asked the owner, says, hey, does anybody ever have that tattooed on them? Surely not. And the man said in broken English, because he was Chinese, he said, before tattoo on body tattooed on mind. You see, many of us sitting in this room have had something tattooed on our minds a long time. And so today's a day that we say it's over. No more. We're doing a tattoo removal today through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. (laughs) Yes, we are. Look, look what the Bible says. I love this. Here we go. Second Corinthians tattoo removal. Here it is. Anyone who belongs to Christ is what? A new person. The past is what? And everything is? Here's what I want to tell you. See, it's hard for you to walk in your newness of life when you keep identifying yourself with the oldness of life. And, and, and what we, you see, the, most people don't understand the steps to take after they become new in Christ. And so they only know the old steps that they took. So they, they pray the prayer, but yet they're still stuck back here. That's why we do something called growth track. Growth Track at SEC is to help you learn that not only do you have a new name by God, but you have a Holy Spirit's power that comes into your life, and He equips you to do good so that you don't have to keep doing bad. You, you're not just known for the bad things or the bad memories. You get started making new memories and new things in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to challenge you to take Growth Track so that you can get better. So I challenge you that you can sign up on our connection card. The second verse that here is one that I read Man, I read this a long time ago, and it changed my life. I want to read it to you. It's sounds in Revelations 2. It says this. If you have ears, then listen. Listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. By the way, that's you. To those who win the victory, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give each of them a white stone on which is written a what? New name. What kind of name? New what kind of name? New name. A new name. A new name to Look, that no one knows except the ones who receive it. Now, what, what is he saying here? This gets me so excited. What he's saying is this, is that when you become a Christ follower, that God gives you a new name that nobody knows but him and your heart knows it. When God speaks to you and he's speaking to your heart, he doesn't call your name out. Like he didn't, when he's talking to me, he don't say, Jeff Dawes, do I have your attention? No, no, no. Everybody in the world gets my attention with that name. But when God speaks to me, he speaks to me differently. I don't know what that name is, but I know his voice, right? I know when he's talking to me, and you do too. And so I want to tell you that the reason he gave us a new name was this. is because everything bad in our life has been attached to our old name, right? 
Every, your past is attached to your old, na- uh, your old name. The, the things you struggle with, the things you can't hardly forgive yourself for is attached to your old name. And listen, when anybody starts telling God what a bad person you used to be or how bad you are, they call your name out. And guess what God says? I don't know that person. <laughs> Isn't that great? Isn't that wonderful? And when you, when you start reminding God of your past, you know something that you did five years ago that you still feel bad about? And every once in a while you say, oh, God, I'm sorry for that. When you say that, God says, I don't even know who you're talking about because that was a different person you're talking about. I don't know that person. I know the new person. Person, right? Isn't that awesome? You, you, God's given you a new, even if the devil himself goes before God and tries to accuse you because you're cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ, he gave you a new name. He said, listen, I don't even know who you're talking about. Get out of here, right? Isn't that amazing? You have a new name. When you get to heaven, you know what? God's going to call us by our new name, right? Because he don't want to remind us of any of our past. And you're going to relate to that. It's the spiritual name. And if you're not a Christ follower today, you don't have that new name. You don't have that privilege and that benefit that a lot of us do. So I want to challenge you. Why don't you just go ahead and take your new name today? And the way you do that is ask Jesus to be the Savior of your life. And we have a prayer right here in our program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you to say that right where you are. Mean it with your heart and watch God do the new thing in you. Amen, everybody? When you do that today, just check this card. It says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower so we can pray for you today. Would you do that? Okay, here we go. The second thing I like, or let's say this on the screen. Let's say the first part of that prayer again. You ready? Come on. Let's say it. Here we go. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. That's the prayer that we're praying. God bless me indeed. Number two is trust God's goodness. Trust God's goodness. Now, today we're celebrating Grandparents Day, and we have several here, and we thank you so much for being here But let me tell you something. For 90% of the time, when we think of grandparents, we think about a person of goodness. Now, I know some of you have an exception to the rule. I know your grandmother or grandfather was mean as a snake. (laughs) Right? Okay, so let's just go and get that out, right? For some, some, it may have been that way. But for the most part, our grandparents have have goodness. When we think about them, we think about the goodness of them. You know, uh, my grandmother's 93. I went to visit her last Monday on the holiday. And I sat down with her, and, and my aunt come in while I was there. And my aunt said, hey, Jeff, said, I heard that you've written a book. How can I get a copy of that? And by the way, we will have those available. They're being printed right now in the two weeks. They should be here, and we'll give you that opportunity as well because I wrote it for you. Uh, but anyway, she said, how can I get a copy of that? And my grandmother stopped. She said, oh, you wrote a book? And I said, yeah, she's 93. And I said, well, yes, grandmother, I did. Well, I called her Momo. That's what we call her. Momo, yes, Momo, I did. She said, I knew there was good in you, boy. I knew it. I knew you had it. And then she stopped, and she said, and you know, if you do bad, I'll whip your butt. (laughs) 93. No kidding. Like, I mean, she would try it, too. That's, That's Momo. Okay, look what the psalmist said about God's goodness. In Psalms 31, he says this, look, how great is your what? goodness, talking about God, that you have stored up for those who fear you. That means respect you. That you have given to those who trust you. You do this for all to see. Look at it. Would you read these next three words? You protect them. You protect them by your presence from the people who plant against them. Isn't that great? You shelter them from evil what? Words. Isn't that amazing? 
In other words, you know, when people say things, God just keeps it from going all the way to the heart because we know the real truth in him. Jabez had heard evil all his life. He'd heard people say all kinds of things, isolate him, you're a jinx, and da-da-da-da-da, all this bad stuff. They heard him constantly. And still, Jabez did this. Jabez believed in God's goodness, even though he had experienced a lot of, of bad things in his life. He still believed in God's goodness, even though he experienced a lot of bad things in his life. And that's the question I have for you today. Is do you still believe in God's goodness, even though bad things have happened to you? Do you believe that God is good all the time and all the time that God is good? Do you believe that? You see, right now, I don't know about you. Again, being transparent, I've not always believed that way. I believe that, that, you know, I would do good for God and I would build up my good category. And when anything bad began to happen in my life or in my family's life or whatever, anybody was concerning me, I believe that I could say, okay, God, look what I've done for you. You owe me, God. This, this, is, uh-uh. this cannot be happening to me, God, because, listen, I'm a tithe payer. I'm a Bible reader. I'm a person that fasts occasionally, God. And, Lord, I, I'm preaching your gospel. No, uh Lord, this can't happen. You know who you're talking to, God. Now, see, that's very arrogant, isn't it? But the truth of the matter of a lot of us in this room do that, don't we? Look what I've done for you. How is this happening to me? I've done what I'm supposed to do. What I understand is this, is I basically had an entitlement mentality. And I would love to tell you that, you know, that when I turned, it got in my 20s, that went away. No, it didn't go away. It lived with me until I was 40 years old because I felt like I would just keep trying to do enough good to always make God keep me from harm. You know, like, God, I'm going to keep my good account better than my bad account. And Lord, so you can't let anything bad happen in my life. And it doesn't work that way. Let me tell you something. God is good no matter what. No matter what happens to us. Bad things happen to good people. You understand that, right? And so what I want to share this with you is this. Is that Jabez did not allow what his mother said to define his life, her plan. Her plan was, is that you're going to be isolated and people are going to not respect you. And her plan was doomed for him. She named him that way. But Jabez decided he wasn't going to live by his mother's plan. He was going to trust the goodness of God's plan. See, Jabez didn't make demands on God. He accepted the plan of God. And see, what he didn't accept the plan of his father. He accepted the plan of God. He didn't accept the plan of his brothers and sisters. He accepted the plan of God. And so he began to pray, Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. Why? Because I trust your plan over what I see, over what my mother named me, over what everybody says about me, that you are big and you are great and you can make something out of me when nobody else believes in me. See, that's the plan of God. Even though I'm struggling right now, even though I'm hurting right now, I believe that you got something for me that I haven't seen yet, so I will not accept this life because you are greater than this. Amen? And that's why, that's why he prayed, Oh, Lord, bless me indeed, because you are good, even though things are bad right now. You see, the, the, uh, your life is depending on you believing that, because many bad things are going to come your way, but we have to still believe that God is good in the midst of the bad. Amen? Amen. We have to believe that. And if we don't believe that, we'll get lost. And so let's say it on the screen one more time. It's coming up. Let's say it again. You ready? Oh, that you would bless me indeed, that you would bless me indeed. The third thing is this, is ask God for his blessing. 
Ask God for His blessing. I want to explain God's blessing to you. See, there's a blessing in the biblical sense. There's a blessing that uh, when the word blessing is described in the biblical sense, what it means is, is God's supernatural favor. So when, it was, when a person would pray, when, a, when a, a person would say a blessing over someone, they would be saying, God, I want you to give them your supernatural favor. And the reason that's so important that you need to pray God's blessing over your own life is because of this. Because when you pray, and you're not praying God's blessing, you're just praying for what you see. So, so you've got a need in your life. And you see that need, it's like this. You're like, okay, maybe let's say it's a job. You need a job. And so you see an opportunity in another company or within your company, and you say, God, here's this opportunity. I want you to give me that job. God, I need you to give me that job. And let me tell you something. So you're praying, God, I want this, and you're saying, I know what's best. It's okay to pray for that job, but I want you to put a little caveat on that prayer. And that would be this. So you say, God, I want that job, but Lord, I want your will more than I want that job. So if that job is not what you want from me, God, I don't want it. And here's what I'm telling you. When you just pray a single-minded prayer and you really in your heart say, I know this is best for me, I know this is great for me, and I know I want this, and you don't listen to what God has, then you only get a little, you only get a little bit of the slice of what God wants for you. It's limiting you is what I want to tell you. But when you pray, God, Lord, Lord, I see this job. It looks really good, but not my will. Your will be done, God, because, Lord, I'm asking you to bless me indeed. What that means is, is that you're saying, God, I don't want just want that job. I want all that you have for me, and it's bigger than just this job. So, God, if this job is going to get me to where you want me to be so that you can bless me big, then, God, I want it. But, Lord, if this job is going to hinder me from being what you want me to be, then I don't want it because, God, I want all that you have for me. Me, not just what I think's best for me. You see that? That's, what, that? that's the power of the blessing. It's the supernatural favor of God on your life, and you know it's there. So when you pray, you pray with confidence. You say, God, this is what I want, what you want, not what I want, and give me all that you have. Because, see, if you get that job, you may stumble, and you may not be able to fulfill what God has for you. But if God leads you, and you don't get that job, but in about three months, there's another opportunity that's out there that you didn't even know about. It's coming along that God's going to bless you with that's going to help you get to where you want to be, that you get all of God's blessing. Oh, not just, see, we pray for just this. We only see what we see. But when we pray the favor of God and the blessing of God, we get to what God sees. Amen. Amen? And we say we want what God sees and what God says. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22. It says this, the blessing of the Lord is our what? It's our greatest wealth. There's nothing greater than the blessing of God. There's nothing like having the favor of God on your life. And look what he goes on to say. He said, all our work adds to what? You know what that means? That means that when you say, well, I want this so bad, I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. And even if you, have, you know you're getting out of the will of God to try to make it happen, let me tell you something. You fall flat on your face. The greatest, listen, the greatest hurts in my life have come when I, when I tried to make it happen instead of allowing God to let it happen. You know, I, matter of fact, when you get on that line of doing something, being a little dishonest or whatever, when you, when you start crossing those lines, and my friend, I'm telling you something, you're out of the will of God. And we have to trust the plan of God. We have to trust the plan of God. Look what the Bible says. 
Matthew 18 and 19, Jesus said, When two of you get together on anything on earth, and what? And make a prayer of it. My Father, what? He goes into action. My Father in heaven goes in. God goes into action on your behalf when you pray the blessing of God, the favor of God, and the will of God. You see, the blessing of God, it is the will of God, it has the power of God, and it is the purpose of God in your life, in your children's life, in your family's life, and in your church. You know, let me say this. When you begin to pray the blessing of God over your life, you'll begin to see the miracles of God happen in your life. I believe that God's still a miracle-working God. Let me say, God's still a miracle-working God. He does what you can't do. Remember, He puts a super to the natural. He's supernatural. He makes you better than you are. He makes people see you better than you are. He gives you the promotion because He does something that you can't do. And He does it in your family. It's a supernatural. Now, I tell you this, this verse that Jesus said is because it's important to have a group. We're starting our groups here at SEC in October. What we're going to do through this group cycle, I want you to know, is I've written this book. And I wrote this book for you with you in mind, with this church in mind. If anybody else gets and reads it, it's good for them, but I wrote it for you. Because I said, if I could sit down and talk to you about a, a day and say, okay, here's the things that you do to be successful in life. Here they are. And it is very biblically based. And so I want to take, we're going to take that book in October. We're going to read the book together. And we're going to, uh, I'm going to do a message on it on Sunday. And then we're going to do groups. Our groups are going to, I'm going to record about a seven to 10 minute video that we can do our groups based off of that. And, and then, you know, you, you can ask questions. The questions will be there. So I want you to get into a group. We have about 50 of them on your, uh, right there in front of you now. I want you to get into a group. But there's something else I want you to do. I want you to take, you're going to be in a group, but I want you to take and do a group yourself. And that is where I want you to get with two, one or two people. Two or more, we're calling them. And I want you to sit down with them, and I want you to play that video, that 7 to 10-minute video, whether it's your, listen, it's your break room at work or at your cafeteria in middle school or, you know, if you're college campus or when you're on the soccer field with your children. Or I want you to take a Facebook group, make a Facebook group, and I want you to, I want you to share this, and I want you to discuss it because God is going to use you to do something supernatural through you. He's going, to, he's going to do something supernatural through you to save people and to help people around you. We're going to give people around this world an opportunity for a better life. You know why? We're asking 500 people to do that, and I'm asking you to do it. If you just sign up, check it on the back of your connection card, then I'll, we'll send you information about what we're talking about. I need everybody to do that, that God can do a miracle through us and change our community. So, you go on, look at the, the next verse. The next verse, Jesus says this. Would you read what's underlined with me as we read? Ready? Come on, let's read. Keep on asking, and you will what? Okay, let's read these next three words. You ready? Keep on seeking, and you will? You will find. Let's read the next three words. Keep on knocking, and the door will be? Jesus said that. See, we can't just pray one time and stop. We have to keep on. Jesus said, keep on praying. You said it hadn't happened yet. It hadn't happened in 10 years. That's all right. You keep on praying. That's what Jabez did. He continued to pray this prayer until God began to move in his life, and people recognized that God was moving in his life and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm praying this prayer, and they started praying that prayer, and God moved through the whole nation. And so what I'm asking you to do is let's start a movement in our nation. I'm asking, I'm trying to get 3,000 people to pray with me, 3,000 people to pray with me 
every day at 1.55 p.m. And we're going to pray the prayer of Jabez. You're going to say, God, bless me indeed. We're going to go through the whole prayer. And as you leave today, we're going to give you a business card with that prayer on it. And so at 155, we're going to do that. Now, you're like me. You're probably going to forget 155. You're going to be doing some, you're going to be driving down the road. You're going to be working, whatever. You're going to forget it. Well, if you will flip your program over, we have a text number right there that that you can uh, opt in for. I hope everybody will. I'm trying to get 3,000 people to do this with me. So even if you, when you leave here, get somebody to, to do it with you. But tech, if, they'll, if they'll opt into that text thread at 155, we're going to send you a reminder that we're going to pray. That's it. And that's just going to, and, and so you can take 10 seconds to pray this prayer, and we're going to watch God do miracles. Amen? Amen? Listen, we're in the season for miracles. God wants to show up in your life in a big way, and we just got to trust Him. So the next 21 days, we're going to pray every day at 155. We're going to be thousands of voices with one prayer at one time. And God's going to move. As a matter of fact, if, if, uh, I'm going to be praying this prayer live on Facebook. So if you would like to be a part of that, just friend request me, okay? Some of you say, oh, my God, I don't know if I want to be friends with a pastor. Well, you should. <laughs> That's right. You shouldn't be doing anything, saying anything on there you wouldn't want me to see. Just do it for 21 days, and you can defriend me, all right? That's right. Just defriend me after 21 days. But wherever I am, wherever I am, in the next 21 days, I'm going to stop every day. And I'm going to pray live on, the, on Facebook, this prayer of Jabez. I'm believing that God's going to start a, a, a movement through SEC that's going to sweep our land. Hallelujah. And it's going to sweep our families. And it's going to sweep our lives. It's got to start somewhere. Why not here? And so I'm asking you to join me. And so if you opt in, listen, share that text number with someone else. We're trying to get 3,000 people to, uh, to opt in on this text thread. Now, I want to share this with you. I'm going to let you go. A couple weeks ago, we had a pastor here that spoke for us, my mentor, Pastor uh, Benny Tate. And his wife, Barbara, was here. Uh, you can see the photo of them in case you weren't here. They pastor Rock Springs Church down the road in Milner, Georgia, down I-75. And uh, their churches, God has blessed them. Their favor's on them. Their church is over 5,000 people. He's been the pastor of that church for 30 years. I've been here 24 years, and he's been there longer than me. And so, but their life did not start off the way that it looks right now. That picture looks so happy, but it didn't start off that way. Pastor Benny, to be, to be the truth of the matter is, he lived in Tennessee, and a, a place his mother uh, worked a lot of, uh, he called honky-tonks, bars and stuff. That's the way he was raised in the bar. He says and, uh, his life was really bad. God saved him. He gave, received Christ in his life, and he began to feel the call of preaching in his life. Even though he had that bad background, he talked about it. When he was about 19 years old, he started preaching, and he went to a little church to preach, and he met this young lady, Barbara. And the thing is, is that Barbara, Barbara was uh, uh, a special person, and they dated just shortly, and after two months of dating, Benny went to her father and asked him, could he marry her? He's like, you don't know what you're asking. And the answer is no. He's like, well, what, what do you mean? He says, Barbara's really sick. What you don't know is that she has seizures seven and eight times a day. And said, if we're not here to, to take care of her, she may not make it. And son, I do not want to strap your life. You've got so much potential with someone sick like that that will hold you back. But Benny said, you know, he, he really loved her and wanted to, wanted to marry her. So he said, no, sir, I want to marry your daughter. He said, okay, understand what you're getting. 
And so he married her. After three months of dating, they married her. He said, sure enough, after they got married, he saw it all. She just had seizures seven or eight times a day, and someone would put her on the floor convulsing, and he thought she was going to die. And he said he'd have to be there sort of somehow to use his hand to put it over her mouth to, to make her come out of that. And he said, so they, they went to doctor after doctor. They finally got her on some kind of medication that seemed to help it a little bit. He was able to go to work. He worked in a factory, a metal factory, fabricating factory. And he said, you know, one day he went home for lunch. It was in a small town and to check on Barbara. And Barbara said, Benny, I want you to know I've been praying. And the Bible says, seek, keep seeking, keep knocking, keep asking. And I've been asking God all my life to say, heal these seizures. Heal me from them. And she said, I want you to know, Benny, this morning while I was praying, I believe God told me he's going to heal my body and that I shouldn't take the medicine anymore. And Benny said, Barbara, I love you, but honey, we can't risk that right now. Honey, you just keep taking that medicine. Don't you stop taking that medicine. And maybe on the weekends we'll try it there, but don't stop now because I've got to work. And so he said he went back to work off his lunch break, and he was standing over that machine while he was milling, had to, working with metal. And he said he started saying, God, now you, I know that you speak, but God, you know this. And he started reasoning with God and said, and all of a sudden, God stopped him. And that new name, God began to speak to that new name inside of Benny Tate. And he said, Benny, Barbara's my child. Before she was your wife, she was my child. And that I love her. And I am going to do what I said I was going to do in her life. He said, I couldn't take it anymore. He said, I went to my supervisor said, I got to go home. He said, I, I ran home as fast as I could. He said, went in the door. And he said, I was weeping and said, Barbara, if God has spoken to you, and God has told you that he's healed you, then we're going to believe that God has healed you. And he said, listen, from that day forward, she has never had another episode. She, she was able to get off all of her medicine, and God healed her 30 years ago. What I'm trying to tell you is that we have a miracle work in God, and we've limited in our minds, in our hearts. But I'm asking you to pray with me that you would say, God, bless me indeed. Lord, expand our territory, oh God. Let your hand rest on me, oh Lord. Lord, keep me from evil, oh God, that I may not cause pain. Lord, bring your blessings on my life. Bring your blessings on my family. Bring your blessings on my church, oh God. Let a revival start in me, oh God. Do it in me. Renew my faith, oh Lord. Show that you're God. Lord, do the work in me. Do the work in me. That's what I'm asking you to pray. Holy Spirit, do it in me. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.